Hello, mama. Hope your day is so wonderful. I am feeling just energized and excited over here. We just had a coaching call for the Academy and it just gives me so much joy. Like it is such an honor to get to walk with these women just through it all. And I, I'm just so jazzed up right now. So I'm a little all over the place. Cause I just, it's like literally like there is just fire flowing through my body and I'm, I'm so happy. So hopefully I'll stay on topic today. <laughs> We'll see what happens. If you want to join us, make sure you jump in. I know you've heard a lot about it lately, but it really is just wonderful to get to share that space with you. You can go apply at uh, morningmomacademy.gr8.com and gr as in the and eight as in the number eight. See, I'm a little over the place. I can't even say it. <laughs> there's a link in the show notes too. There's there's a link in the Facebook group. You'll find it. I hope to I hope to see some more of you in there. I just would I would love to be part of your life in a bigger way. So, I hope you'll consider that. But today I'm excited for this episode. It kind of just came to me spontaneously as I remember where I was standing in my kitchen and I was like, "How do we do this? How do we help prevent our kids from needing therapy?" <laughs> Now we're going to talk about that and talk about how that's not a bad thing that people go to therapy, but there are some things I think we can do as moms to just support our kids in growing up well and, and processing things as we go. And I'm just excited to explore that with you today. So get excited to uh, just dive into just some kind of general things we can do as a mom to create a safe space for our kids. So I hope you'll join me. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Hopefully my energy will uh, just make today's episode awesome and not make me go on a hundred bunny trails. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, so I'm so excited to jump into this today. You know, I was just thinking about my kids going to therapy to talk about me. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't think it is bad if our kids need to go to therapy to process their family. In fact, I hope my kids do. Uh, I think it's good. Therapy is good for all of us. Processing is good for all of us. But where this kind of came from is just, first of all, my pastor, who is just so incredible, uh, she always makes jokes about uh, her kids having to go to therapy for them. Uh, both, both of my pastors, Pastor Carrie and Pastor Megan Robinson, they're just amazing. A lot of just the wisdom I have and the things that I share with you are from them. So yeah, go check them out. They're amazing. But Anyways, you know, she just, they joke about like, yeah, our kids are going to need to go to therapy someday for us. And I, I remember hearing that when they first started talking about it and it just gave me so much freedom, you know, even as a therapist myself, you know, maybe I had had this thought before. I don't really remember, but just to hear someone like, 
above you, you know, a leader that's amazing. Talk about how their kids are going to need therapy for, for what happened with them, for their relationship with them. That just helps me feel like, huh, okay, yep, none of us can do it perfectly. None of us are going to not wound our children. And in fact, when I first became a parent, I remember, and I think I've shared this with you many times, but being so terrified of wounding my child, not physically, but emotionally. I, I, I think I just knew it was inevitable. I knew uh, that that moment was going to come. And, you know, I think in the beginning it can feel like, oh, I'm doing everything the best, right? When they're little babies and you have your breastfeeding or, or whatever, whatever form of feeding feels best to you and you have a sleep thing that feels best and, you know, you're making these decisions and you're like, okay, like, I think we got this. I feel like I'm doing a great job at, you know, attending to them and being there for them and taking care of them when they cry and changing them, right? It, it can be simple in the beginning in a lot of ways because it's there's not as many bigger things to work through, right? You're not trying to help them regulate their emotions besides just stop crying, right? <laughs> You're not trying to navigate them through tricky school situations. It, it just is simpler in a lot of ways. And so, but, but because I had been a therapist and, and been in that world, and and I knew that it's impossible to raise kids without wounding them, I think I just felt this impending doom of like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, like, like cue the Jaws music, you know, like, it's, it's coming, I'm gonna wound them, here it comes, when is it gonna come, when is it gonna happen, right? And, And I just was so scared for that moment to come. Now, that moment probably came far earlier than I realized. <laughs> I'm sure I wounded my children, you know, from the get-go when I like slept through them crying on accident or uh, I don't know, was frustrated with my husband in front of them. Like there's so many, there's a million ways to wound our kids, right? So I'm sure it happened before I realized it, but I just remember those early weeks and months where I just was so worried about what that would look like. And so I love that, that my leaders just talk about this so freely, like, yeah, our kids are going to need to go to therapy for us. And I just think that's so great. Um, and I know it just, even recently, another friend was talking to me just about how she's like, Oh, I need to like finally go to therapy and process my relationship with my mom. I just, I've never actually processed it. It's, it's time. And so all of that just kind of made me realize, um, first of all, yes, freedom, like we need to be okay with this. We need to be okay with failing. We need to be okay with our kids going to process our relationship with them. In fact, if if we have a challenging one with them, this should happen sooner rather than later. Like, don't wait till they're adults. Get them some therapy now. But ultimately, I just, I want to not feel like I need to control their perception of me. I want to make sure they know I'm okay that they're going to need to talk about this, that there's going to be imperfections. And that's kind of one of the things we're going to talk about today. So I, I want, I want my kids to do that. I want them to feel comfortable with that. But I was also thinking like, gosh, therapy is so expensive and takes a lot of time. <laughs> How can I like prevent this? How can I help make it so my kids don't need to process so much. What can I do? What are the things I can do? And again, I want to be very careful with this because we're still going to mess them up. We're still going to fail them. We're still going to not be perfect and they're going to probably need to go to therapy. Okay. (laughs) 
just come to terms with that along with me. Okay. So I want to be careful with this, but I think there's some things that we can do just so they can kind of process as they go. Because, you know, that's like one of my favorite things to do is help people process things, help them see this outside perspective and talk about what's going on. Talk about the things that might be they're already thinking and feeling, you know, because even even in our coaching today, you know, I was reflecting on one of the girls and, and sharing like kind of the things that I heard in what she was saying. And she was nodding like, yep, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of already knew that I kind of already felt that. And I think that's so often what happens is we, we know these things, we, we see them and feel them, but it takes someone coming in and listening and speaking them out loud for us to be able to process them for us to be able to really uh, get them out of this ethereal space where they're just floating around and we can't make sense of them because there's no concrete place for them, right? Even in myself, like I process in my journal, I process out loud with God, I process with my husband and with friends and leaders. And and we need to do that because it it takes it out of this space where we, we can't fully comprehend it. And so even as we're processing with ourselves, even sometimes without someone listening, we can really make some ground. And that's why I want you to be journaling and want you to be praying out loud and obviously leaning into friendships and leadership as we all need this. But a lot of times also having someone that can listen and reflect what they're hearing can be so powerful. And so this is what I want to like kind of help us create this space for our kids, because I want them to be able to do this now to, to know that it's okay to talk about this stuff, to have the skill to process things that happen in their life. And so I just wrote down, let's see how many is there five things that I think we can do to kind of create this space for them to process throughout their childhood, not just when they're adults and they're like, Oh gosh, yeah, I got, I got messed up from growing up. Like, I want them just to know that now and and talk about it now and talk about it with us. Because I think that actually ultimately is the most healing thing. You know, thinking about family therapy, you know, me talking with a client and them talking about what's going on and me helping them process, like that's very necessary without a family member oftentimes because we need to, to get them to a place where they can really have a healthy conversation. But a lot of that is because it's been built up and built up over years and decades, and they're processing through a ton of stuff all at once, right? But then one of the most powerful things that can happen is if you bring that person into the therapy room, or even if that other person goes and has a conversation with that parent or whoever it is in their life, like that conversation with the, we'll say a parent for this, using our example, that conversation with that parent is far more powerful than the conversations that I'm having with my client, right? There's, there's only so much I can do outside of that real relationship. And so if we can create that space in with our kids so they can process now, so they can feel like we're, we're in it with them. We can receive what they're feeling. We can, we can help them, um, talk about how we wounded them. And that's going to be so huge, 
right? We're not going to have to be called into the therapy room decades later and be shocked by what they have to say. You know, we might still have to go to family therapy, but we're probably not going to be shocked. It's like, oh, yep, we've been talking about this for years. Yep, this is my area of sin. This is where I fail a lot. Let's talk about this some more with some extra support. That's great. So again, we're not trying to prevent that entirely because I think that's healthy, but let's try and create that now. Okay. I think I made my point. (laughs) So, um, you know, another thing I want to say too, is I, I love this, um, idea that I've kind of learned from some mentors and books I've read kind of removing some of the the preconceived notions, and we should probably do a whole podcast on this later, but the preconceived notions about different age ranges. So I remember first hearing this about toddlers, like just not calling it terrible twos, not naming it as that, because our words have power and, and they have power over the things that happen in our world. But I think the biggest place they have power, which ends up dictating what happens in our world is over our perception. And so if we're saying, oh, these are terrible twos, this year is going to be terrible, right? How is that going to affect our perception? We're going to be looking now for the bad things that are happening and that's going to fuel more of those, right? And so to, to stop calling it those kind of things. Now, I think there, there's, there's power also in naming like, hey, this is hard. Hey, this is a hard phase. Uh, my kid is struggling to regulate their emotions. Like it's, it's okay to, to say, yeah, it's hard. Like we're not trying to sugarcoat everything and pretend it's rainbows and sunshine and unicorns. No, that's not at all what we're trying to do, but stop labeling it as terrible before it even begins. Like that, like what, what if you just, you know, like go, even going into marriage, right? Like you can say, okay, a lot of people say, you know, the first year can be really hard. I wonder what that's going to be like for us. You can talk about that, but we don't say, oh, this year is going to be awful. Here we go. Let's begin. I already know it's going to be terrible, right? Like we wouldn't want to do that with our marriage. Why are we doing that with our kids? Why are we speaking that over them? Why are we speaking that over our year? So I heard about that starting, you know, early on, but also let's do this with every area. Let's do this with our teenagers. Like we don't have to anticipate the teenage years being horrible. We don't. There's going to be challenges there, no doubt. And it's okay to normalize those challenges, but we don't have to say, gosh, when we get to the teenage years, it's going to be awful. We're going to be at war with each other. They're not going to want to be around me. I'm not going to want to be around them, right? Like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. That is, that is not how it has to be. We can form a new narrative and see things from a different lens and create a different kind of relationship. Yes, there's going to be challenges. Yes, relationships are going to shift. Yes, even like some parents are going to be better parents to teenagers than others, right? Like I think I'm going to be a better parent to a teenager than I am to my littles. Now, you know, I try everything to pour into my littles and I try and do a good job. Like it doesn't mean I I give up, but I I can see how I think some of my strengths might be better suited for teenagers. We'll see. (laughs) I love teenagers. I've never had my own. So we'll see. But I do think we need to stop just labeling things blatantly as this is going to be a bad season. This is how our relationship is going to look because ultimately that's going to create a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, yeah, now you're going to create that kind of dynamic in your relationship. So let's, let's stop putting those labels. Another area is also adulthood. You know, there's this perception. I was just talking about this with my husband recently. There's this perception 
that when kids become adults, that they just move away and now we're the weird parents and they don't really want to be around and they'll be around sometimes and maybe they'll like hanging out with us a little bit, but they don't really want to be close to us and they don't really want, you know, us to really speak into their lives anymore, right? We just have this assumption that that we're going to be these annoying parents, that everyone deals with annoying parents, right? No, it doesn't have to be that way. I think actually one of the places that I I remember reading about this is in the book I tell you about all the time. So I hope a lot of you are reading it. I know a lot of you are, but the book Shepherding a Child's Heart, it's so, so good. Just to reframe your whole view of parenting, please, please go read it. Um, But anyways, just to like, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that we are distant when they become adults. Like we can still have a beautiful relationship. We can be the wise parents they want to go to. We can be a place where they are still like, looking up to us because they're like, wow, our parents are really awesome, right? Now, it's not going to be perfect. Again, they're probably going to still, they might still need to go to therapy. Like all of that is okay. And we don't have to pretend it's perfect, but stop just assuming it's going to be that negative way. Okay. That is a myth. And if you speak that over your life, it will have power over your life. So let's stop that. So here is what we're going to do. These are the five things that I want to talk with you about. Some of these I've talked about before, but honestly, we need reminders. Like I know some of my favorite podcasts, they talk about the same things again and again, but I need that because <laughs> I forgot that I, that I heard that yesterday <laughs> or hopefully it was like a, at least a week ago or a month ago, but like we need these reminders. And so I'm going to keep, even if you've heard it, like it's good. We need these reminders. Even I need these reminders as I write these down. Okay. So these are the things that are going to help our kids process what's happening now. So the first one is apologize. Okay. I know this is one I say all the time. That's because it's that important. We need to make sure we are owning up for our mistakes. Every time we yell at our kids, every time we are impatient, every time, you know, even it's sometimes just like, when we're trying to, for me, when we're trying to just kind of get out the door, I'm not necessarily like yelling, but I'm, 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 I'm impatient. I'm a little short. I'm a little scattered. Um, and kind of in, just in a negative way. Right. And so even if I'm not like screaming at my head off at my child after those moments where I'm like, we rush out the door in the car, I'm like, okay, guys, Oh, that was a little bit of a tough morning. I, I apologize for, you know, being a little frustrated and impatient this morning, you know, honestly, like I did not plan our time. Well, I uh, got started late and it set us off. And so will you please forgive me for how I acted this morning? Right. And so I take just big ownership for the things that I mess up on and not in like a shame filled way, but just in a, Hey, I messed this up. And even going back to like the timeline, right? Like it's my fault that we were late. Like it's not because you guys didn't put your shoes on fast enough. It's my fault because I did not stick to my timelines this morning. And so, you know, we want to, to make sure we are demonstrating this for our kids so that they feel like they can take that kind of ownership, right? We're showing them that when we take that kind of ownership, it doesn't mean we're horrible. It doesn't mean we're doomed. It doesn't mean that we have to like hit ourselves and beat ourselves up, right? We're just saying, man, I messed up and I'm going to try better tomorrow. And that's what I'll say too. Like, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Um, and so we want to teach ourselves that. So 
wherever those areas are in your life, uh, you know, it might look different than what it does in my life, but just make sure you're taking radical ownership. And I think how this, this helps them process is that they're not just seeing us act a certain way. And one, either just assuming that's normal, which I think is some, a lot of times where wounding comes in, like as kids, we just kind of assume everything is normal, right? We assume like this is just how it is for everyone because they don't know any different until you get older and you start talking to people and you're like, oh, that was actually kind of messed up, right? So we we talk about these things so that, that we can help our kids say, no, this isn't normal. Well, it, it is normal, but it's not okay. You know what I mean? And so we're helping our kids see how to distinguish like what is okay versus what is not okay. When I yell at you, that might be normal in our home or even normal as a mother, right? But it's not okay. And so helping our kids know that because they're feeling internally that it's not okay. But if we don't concretely say, Hey, what I just did was not okay. Then they have this internal tension where they, and they can't really understand it because they feel dysregulated. They feel yucky, but this is their mom, right? Like they look up to their mom, they learn everything from their mom. And so they don't know what to do with that feeling then. And it creates this kind of war inside of them because they're like, well, do I, do I acknowledge that that was wrong? Oh, I can't say that my mom did something wrong, right? But I feel so yucky and I I don't like how that feels. So it must mean that I'm wrong. It must mean that I did something wrong. And so that can be really where our kids take on shame, where our kids become perfectionistic, where our kids try and people please because they're feeling that gap of like that they don't feel good, but they don't know why. And so the more that we can help them see like, this is why you weren't feeling good. Mommy messed up. I should not have yelled. I should not have acted that way. I should not have spoken to your father in front of you that way or just at all. I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't set ourselves up for success today. You know, whatever it is. I know that's like a lot of the same examples, but this happens in so many different avenues. That obviously was just what happened this morning. Actually this morning we did okay. We did okay, but it's been happening a lot of mornings. So we're working on it. And look, today was okay. So we're moving. We're moving in the right direction. Okay, so make sure you are apologizing. And that just that apology is going to help them reflect. And you can even ask them questions too. Like after you apologize, I, I always try and ask like, will you guys forgive me? So they know like that um, I'm asking, like they know how to do that. They know how to forgive. They know how to ask for forgiveness. They know that's a process that happens. Um, but then you can also say like, Hey, how did that affect you? Like, what did that feel like when I was impatient with you or when I yelled at you or whatever it is? Like, what was that like for you? And, and when they share about it, like, just listen and, and don't, don't go into your pain cycle. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to know what your pain cycle is. Episodes 15 through 20, we'll unpack it for you. But really, if you want to dive deep, join the Academy with us, because that's where we really learn it. And I help you live it out so that you know how to live in your peace instead of your pain. And so we've got to yeah. So, so listen and don't let yourself get triggered or dysregulated, which is what the pain cycle is all about. It's uh, naming what triggers us and what we do when we get triggered. And so 
So make sure you're listening and, and, you know, those thoughts might come up of like, oh gosh, I made my feel, my, I've made my child feel like this. I feel awful. And if you know your four steps, like walk through those, make sure you don't act out of that pain cycle. And if you don't know your four steps, just like remind yourself of the truth. Like, Hey, okay. I am a human. I will make mistakes. This is why we all need Jesus. And just talk yourself through that and know that the, there's so much power just in allowing your child to talk about that and have a space to process that. Okay. So apologize. That's, that's, that's as simple as that. I know it's not that simple, but really like there's just so much power in apology. So it is that simple. We're going to go simple. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Number two, again, this is another one I talk about a lot, but talk about openly with them about your humanity and about your sin, just like you do with theirs. Like we need to normalize with them that we are human. They are human. We are all broken sinners. We need to say, Hey, I was in my sin this morning. It's similar to the first one, but what I'm, what I'm saying here is even just using this specific language of like, Hey, I sinned against you this morning. Or when they're dysregulated and acting out like, Hey, you have sin in your heart right now. Like, let's talk about that. And, and making sure that this is, this is used around the board. Or even like if you, you're watching a TV show and you see someone doing something wrong and you say, Oh yeah, like they, they sinned against them. They let sin into their heart, into their life. Right. Um, and even in Bible stories, like that we, we talk about like, you know, when I'm thinking of Daniel in the lion's den, cause we're still on that one <laughs> still every day on the way to school is the one that's the one that we're doing. Um, but I talk about the other advisors to the King besides Daniel and talk about how they let jealousy, uh, create sin or that they, they sinned in that jealousy. So just helping our kids kind of see the world through that lens, that biblical lens of like, this is sin. When I act this way, this is sin. When my mommy acts this way, this is sin. And so that way they have language to understand what's going on. And they also understand now how to treat sin, right? When sin comes in ourselves or someone else, it doesn't mean for ourselves, we need to shame ourselves. It doesn't mean we beat ourselves up like similar to the first one. It also doesn't mean if it's someone else that we need to judge them or cut them out of our life or, or even be okay with what they're doing, right? Sin means that we ask for forgiveness, Sin means that we go to God, we go to each other. Sin means we need to turn around and have a moment of repentance. Like, and sin brings consequences. It's another thing I'm constantly talking about that when we sin, there's going to be consequences and, and helping them connect that. And, and, you know, I believe to, uh, there's a certain way to do that with kids and I believe in spanking and I know not everyone does. If you struggle with that, like go back and listen to, I think it starts in episode 85 and it's like every other episode into the 100s. Um, where I just kind of unpack my whole journey where God took me in terms of discipline. But I really believe that that is why, even though it doesn't fully make sense as humans, we can't understand all of God's ways, but that's why that God calls us to spanking is because it's this very visceral tie of, um, 
this is the sin and there's a consequence to sin. Now, if you are struggling with this, make sure you go and listen to those episodes because I'm not talking about spanking and anger. I'm not talking about hitting your kids. None of that is okay. Um, There's a very, very specific way to go about it in a way that we are addressing their child's heart and not just giving them a punishment. So I'm you know, barely touching on it here, but that is why I think it's so important is because we need to help our kids see that with a moment of sin, there will be consequences. And so even those of you that don't agree with me on the discipline, that's okay. Like we don't, we're not going to agree on everything. Um, but you probably agree that there needs to be some form of a consequence for a bad moment for a moment of sin. And so whatever that consequence is for your family, make sure you're naming that. Like, this is why you have this consequence. Not like I took this toy away to keep you safe, right? I I get that. But no, there's a consequence for our sin. So you hit your sister with this toy. And so I'm going to take this toy away because there's a consequence for sin. And really like this, I think I'm kind of getting off here, but this is one of the problems from my perspective, which I believe is a biblical perspective of the current modern parenting is because we talk about safety or they talk about safety, but they don't talk about sin. They don't talk about things being bad in and of themselves and requiring consequences, not like, like separate from safety. Like, and I know that that even just the word I think of sin is an uncomfortable concept in our current culture. And so I get it, but we need to teach our kids that they have sin because if they don't believe that they have sin, if they just believe that as they grow older, they'll learn to be safer and learn to care for people, but they don't have a concept of themselves having sin, then they are not going to recognize their need for a savior. They are going to think they're good enough on their own. If, if they just you know, keep people safe and love them and accept them, then they are good enough on their own. And so I want my kids to have a perception of themselves and me as a sinner. Right now, that doesn't define us because ultimately God made us. He made us good. But we need to recognize that in our humanness, we have sin and that we need to see that so that we can know that we need a savior. We cannot do that without a savior. Okay, so this is, I'm going off on a rant. I should probably do some more parenting episodes because I get so passionate about this. Could go on. But ultimately, just to tie it back to our topic, this is how you can help your kids process because they're going to see clearly what is right, what is wrong, how to label it, what the Bible says about it. Because now that if we call it what it is, sin, then then we know what happens with sin, right? Sin, I mean, the ultimate, the the, the consequence for sin is death, ultimately. Um, we, we know that without Jesus, that's a consequence for sin. So we can help our kids to, to see clearly how serious this is. But they also know what to do. We say yes to Jesus. Jesus wipes away our sin. It doesn't make us bad. The sin is bad. We are not bad. And so they can, they can clearly navigate through this, this life as humans because they understand what is happening when people make mistakes, when mommy makes a mistake. Cause mommy, it's, you know, another reminder, mommy's not perfect. 
mommy and daddy are going to make mistakes. And so it helps them navigate that internal tension of, I don't feel good, but I don't understand, you know, that it's like they can't admit that their parent did something wrong. But it also helps them know that just because mommy yells at them, it doesn't mean that they are bad, right? Like if if they don't understand that we are sinners, then when we make mistakes, they're going to assume it's because they are bad, because they did something wrong. When ultimately, like our kids not putting their shoes on fast enough is not, that is not bad, right? I mean, if they're unfocused, that I mean, there's, there's different issues there, obviously, but <laughs> we need to help them see that we have our own sin apart from them. And so when, when there is a moment where we get frustrated, it's not necessarily because of them. It's because of our own sin. And, and even, even if they do do something wrong and we don't handle that well, and we sin against them as we respond to them. Right. But even in that, we are still sinning because ultimately we are all only responsible for ourselves, regardless of how the other person is acting, whether it's a kid or your husband. And so we need to help them see clearly that when we respond that way, it is not okay. And so if we can talk about our humanity, talk about their humanity, they're going to start to see the gospel and to see themselves through the eyes of God and that they they were made good and that their sins are forgiven as soon as they confess them and, and repent from them. And that mommy makes mistakes too, but it doesn't mean that it's because the kid is bad, right? And so the more that we can talk about this, the the more we're going to be able to allow our kids to process their childhood and what in the world is going on in our crazy homes. Anybody else? (laughs) All right. um, We're going to continue this topic in the next episode and I'll share the next three things that I think is going to help our kids be able to process their childhood now. Um, And I'm excited to share that with you, but let me just pray for you real quick before we go. God, I just thank you for the gift of parenthood. I thank you for trusting us with these kids. That just doesn't make sense that we get to raise these humans. And God, we're not equipped. We just, like, on our own, we are not equipped. And I pray you would help us just to see that with clear eyes. God, that without you, we're not equipped. But with you, we have everything we need. And that we are made for this. And we're called to this. And I God, I just pray that as we parent, God, that you would just infuse your Holy Spirit into our parenting. Help us just to, to meet our kids where they need us to meet them. Help us to uh, support them in processing what's going on. And supporting them to, to be healthy emotionally and spiritually in every way. God. Um, I pray that you would just give every mom that's listening just specific wisdom of how to navigate this, what to do. Just remind her of when you want her to lean into these moments, God, and um, and to do it in her own way, God. It doesn't have to look like how I say it, how I do it. God, show her how to do it in her own way, God. Um, and just remind her that she's more than enough with you, God. Um, remind me of that too. God, we just thank you that we can lean on you and depend on you for all things, and you are so faithful. We love you, and we trust our kids with you, God. Um, You're so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. 
Want to help more mamas intern to the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.